Hello and welcome back to Little MB. Now I did just get done recording uh, an episode on Seeking God with Blind Eyes. It's more of a religious nature on this topic. Even though I will discuss it a little bit, it is, I don't think this episode's going to be as much on religion for this topic as others. Other than that, uh, subscribe to the podcast, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, These Blind Eyes 6580, and share them. You know, that's the best way to support it if you like it. And also, coming up Sunday, I don't know if I'll publish it Sunday night or if I will publish it Monday, but... I am going to have a returning guest, Brittany Embry. I'm supposed to anyway. It's scheduled for that. And it's going to be kind of a crossover episode. I don't know if you have heard the episode, didn't see that one coming, five. It's with Brittany Embry. She's got a pretty amazing story as far as how she went blind and what she's been doing with her life. Check out her YouTube channel. It's You can search for Brittany Embry and Blind Empowerment will come up. That's her channel. But uh, the crossover is going to kind of be between Didn't See That One A-Coming and From Fat Asses to Bad Asses because we're both blind and we both like working out so it's something that's important for everybody a good topic and whatnot so i actually do not know what she does for workouts or exercise anything like that so it'll be interesting to find that out also um i'm gonna have another tentative guest coming up in the next couple weeks hopefully uh hopefully i i she she's another returning guest uh she may have been my first guest on here. It's with my friend Susan. Don't remember the episode number. But she is currently in Israel where reserves have been called up because of all the trouble coming from the south. And there's a lot of turmoil going on in Israel we aren't hearing about here. So hopefully she makes it back to the U.S. safe. Hopefully her daughters and family in Israel stay safe. And hopefully she'll be able to come on and talk about that kind of stuff. So uh, stay tuned for that as well. But what I'm talking about today is psychedelics. And for the record, I have done psychedelics between the ages of 15 and 19. I did LSD between six and eight times. And I did uh, psilocybin mushrooms once when I was probably 21 years old, 20 or 21, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, so it's not like I'm just talking out of school about something I know nothing about. But I got to say, it's irritating me the way the discussion's going on psychedelics now, because it reminds me so much of marijuana. And the thing with pot is, is I, I wish it'd just be legal. Nationwide, it needs to be legalized nationwide. 
because it's ridiculous that I can legally smoke it here in Illinois and then go to another state where it's not legal and be arrested for the, for the same thing. You know, it's, it's ridiculous to me. But it irritates me the way that it was getting brought in, the way it's been getting brought in, because they want to talk about medical benefits, cancer patients and AIDS patients. It, it gives them an appetite to where they can eat, and it, it helps with their severe pain. I'm going to tell you something. Weed doesn't help pain like freaking opiates do. So, whatever. But it, it, it's ridiculous to me that, and I was still, I quit smoking pot when I was 23. And me and some of my buddies would talk about the whole legalization thing and we'd laugh and thought it was so ridiculous because they're trying to use medical reasoning for legalizing something in the whole time they're trying to backdoor the recreational. These people didn't give two shits about people with cancer or AIDS, they just want it legal. And hey, I, like I said, I think it should be legalized. But I guess I just hate liars when it comes to stuff and shysters. And that's what you are when you're sitting here talking about all the medical benefits. I mean, it's no different right now with, you know, all the stuff you're hearing on Rogan and other podcasts. And he gets picked on because he's the most popular. It's going to happen. But it irritates me the way they're talking about like MDMA and DMT and all the benefits for people with PTSD and depression and stuff like that. Because guess what? Hey, I'm for helping those folks out if it truly helps. Clinical situations. But is it something that I think should just be recreationally legal? No, I don't. You know, and this is coming from somebody who's done the stuff. I don't think it should be recre recreationally legal. I don't think it should be as simple as we're all adults and we should be able to make our own decisions. You know, because the same people that are wanting to tell me that are the same people talking about universal health care. And let me tell you something. Go ahead and legalize heroin. But here's the thing. If you OD and end up in a hospital... My tax dollars should not be going to revive you. You're the adult that made the choice to stick the needle in your arm up yours. You know? Universal health care. It shouldn't be my tax dollars going for your heart surgery because you're a fat bastard who refuses to try to exercise and eat right and take care of yourself. That shouldn't be my responsibility. I wouldn't have an issue with assisting people with their medical bills when they can't afford them. If they're at least exercising, eating right, if they're trying to take care of themselves, you know? And it's going to be the same thing with psychedelics. Because I personally know two people who, when they were 18 or 19 years old, went on a bad trip with LSD, and they're on lithium and bullshit like that ever since. So you can't tell me that it should just be up to the adults whether you should do it or not. I mean, it's it and it just irritates me because they're they're going to they're going to backdoor this just like they did weed. Look at all the medical benefits. That's fine. I'm for 
soldiers with PTSD getting treatment in a clinical situation to help them get over their PS, PSTD or PTSD. I'm all for if it can help somebody get over their depression in a clinical situation with therapy and stuff, using psilocybin and stuff like that. But the fact is, is all you hear about, and I mean, they'll, you know, they'll mention in passing that it's not for everybody, you know? Rogan will talk about how he knows people that have smoked too much weed or taken too many edibles and it put them over the edge. That's weed. What do you think psychedelics are going to do? Ayahuasca, Ibogaine, L you know, LSD, psilocybin, DMT, MDMA. What do you think all these psychedelics are going to do to do to those same people? And do to even more people since it's a psychological drug. It's a hallucinogen. And it's, you know, and this is where I'm going to start to talk about God a little bit. Because it irritates me. Because I believe in God. And it irritates me. In so many ways. For one thing, this idea... Hey, he's got the most popular podcast in the world. He's going to get picked on from time to time. <clears throat> because he's who most people listen to. But this idea, Terrence McKenna, with the stoned ape theory, that we came from monkeys and apes that started doing mushrooms, that and it started opening up their mind to where they started thinking of this, that, and the other thing, and learning how to use tools. It's a load of crap. It's a load of crap. Because guess what? If evolution worked in the way that they say that it did, and they have found, supposedly found uh, evidence of human beings cooking and everything like that from like over 700,000 years ago, they've apparently found this stuff. It's a recent find, apparently. Okay, so... I'll be a little nicer. I'll just say 100,000 years, even though they supposedly found a skeleton, I think, in Peru that's 300,000 years old that's a human. Why are there still monkeys and apes? Why are they still around? Why are they still doing the same things that they were doing thousands and thousands of years ago? Why have they not evolved? And it's kind of funny because people kept asking this question. So finally, late 90s, early 2000s, something like that, finally somebody's like, oh, look, we've, they're evolving. They're starting to like use a rock as a tool. Kiss my ass. It's a load of crap. Psychedelics did not cause monkeys and apes to turn into people. I mean, do you have... You think I'm retarded because I believe in God. Take a look in the mirror if you believe that shit. I mean, come on. Wake up. 
That's, that's ten times more ridiculous than the concept of God. I mean, oh, Lord. But this, this is the other thing that, like, really gets to me. People over the past 20 years, because when 9-11 happened, Bible sales in this country set, I mean, it just blew the records out of the water. Everybody was back to God because they thought that the world was coming to an end. One attack, one attack on the U.S., one day, you know, and it was the first one in, what, not quite 70 years, in 66 years. No, not even 66 years, in 56 years. So everybody was getting married because, oh, this is going to be the end. Or oh, I'm going to find God now because this is the end. Well, guess what? Since then, over the past, since then, past 20 years or so, people have been pushing God back out of their lives for one reason or another. And I can't really say as I blame people in a sense. In a sense, I don't blame people for doing this because when you look at what the, re what the representatives of God are doing, the Catholic Church, the Church of England, they won't even stand by the teachings of the own book that they're claiming to represent. You know? And I've talked before, I think there's a difference between telling somebody the truth. If my if I if one of my friends that's gay asks me, religiously speaking, I have no choice but to tell him what the Bible says and what God thinks of it. The issue is with Christians that want to shove that crap down people's throat and say, oh, it's an abomination. Well, guess what? There's a lot of sins that we are committing that are also considered abominations, and you don't think twice about that. So I say up theirs as well. But the problem is God is getting the blame for stuff he ain't done. God is not guiding the Church of England in blessing homosexual marriages. He is not guiding churches that are approving of abortions and things of this nature. You know, and I'm not sitting here trying to have an argument argument about these things, but it's it's one of those things that this is what you claim to believe in. This is what you claim to represent as a church. And you won't even stand by that because you're more worried about people sitting in your pews and giving you that dollar in the collection plate. So how can you expect people to find strength in their faith when their leaders, when their pastors, priests, bishops, when, when they don't even do it? When they won't even stand by it. You know? But the problem is, that ain't God's fault. So, the issue is, people have been pushing God away. Even harder over the past 20 years than at other points in time in our history. And they're missing something. They're missing a spiritual connection. They're missing spirituality. 
and now they, you got so many people talking about how they're finding it through the use of psychedelics. People are talking about these entities that have spoke to them and talked to them. Well, I'm going to inform you, if you're not religious, on some religious texts and what they say. There's a lot more to the story about the fallen angels coming down and the giants and whatnot. Part of the punishment that God declared, you can find this in the first book of Enoch, part of the punishment that he declared was that the offspring of these fallen angels, the giants, Eljo and uh, Nephilim, that they're not only going to just kill each other in a massive civil war, but then since their spirits were made on earth and unholy, unlike the ones made in heaven, they are going to be made to roam the earth until the day of judgment as demons. So you're looking for your spirituality, you push away God, and then you're opening gates in your mind and I do think it's possible to open these gates in your mind. With and without psychedelics, I think it's possible. But to get in, the devil isn't going to say, hey, I'm the devil. If I'm not mistaken, the straight translation of Satan is great deceiver, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, you can look it up and let me know if I'm, I've got that backward or not. Got it wrong. I don't know. But he's not going to deceive you by coming out and telling you who he is. His, his demons aren't going to do that either. They're going to make you think that they're, they are your best friend. You know? And so it's... And I don't want to keep going on the religious aspect of this, but I think it's dangerous because if people can go over the edge with too much THC, what do you think is going to happen if you leave it in their hands to choose whether or not to do psychedelics? You know, it's... I can't remember the guy's name. Somebody Rogan had on MAPS or MEPS or something like that. I think it's MAPS. He's been doing psycho, psychedelic research for like 30 years or more, something like that. I think 86 is when he said that he created MAPS. So, I mean, that's 37 years he's been doing it. He's like 69 now. But he was just recently on Rogan talking about and he, he's Jewish, and he's talking about when his three kids turn 13, they they get bar mitzvahed. That's when you become a man. And him and his wife went to him and said, do you want to smoke some marijuana or do MDMA? To 13-year-old kids. So don't... I mean, that's crazy. The human mind isn't even fully developed until you're 25 years old and this moron... It's going to his 13-year-old kids. And he said it freaked them out, and they said no, but later on, they, you know, a few years later, they came back and was like, hey, you know. And, man, it's... That's what you're going to run into. You're going to run into morons like this that want to give it to kids. And... Before you think I'm just batshit crazy with that, let me tell you something. 
Back when I was smoking, I was hanging out with my cousin and a buddy at their apartment in Morton, Illinois. And we were standing out on the balcony having a cigarette. Not because we couldn't smoke in the apartment. It was just, let's get some fresh air and blah, blah, blah. And we were high. You know, we had smoked some weed and stuff. This guy comes out on the balcony, next door neighbor, and he's smoking a blunt. This kid that's four or five years old walks out and tugs at his dad's pant leg. And his dad hands him the blunt and the kid hits it. I'm not making that up. It happened. You have morons out there. And hey, I understand what you're saying. People are going to do that whether it's legal or illegal. But I'm also sick and tired of this argument that if you legalize it, it'll take it out of the hands of the cartels and out of the gangs and this, that. No, it doesn't. Weed is so expensive when you buy it legally. The last time I bought weed and tried it just to see, I bought it off the street because I can't afford to go into the dispensaries and pay that kind of money. For what I could have gotten an eighth for at the dispensary, I got a half ounce of weed. I didn't even smoke it all. I smoked it a couple times like that. It just ain't for me anymore. But regardless, it doesn't get rid of the illegal trade. Because there's multiple, there's multiple factors. I mean, you have to get, they, they scan your identification or driver's license and stuff like that. You're going into a database. You're going into a government database. There's a lot of people that don't want that. And so they're going to buy it illegally. There's people like me who can't afford it out of a dispensary. And so we're going to buy it illegally. It's not going to be any different with MDMA. It's not going to be any different with psilocybin. It's not going to be any different with heroin or coke. It's not going to get rid of the illegal trade. It's not going to get rid of the cartels. I mean... And here's the thing. I understand when Rogan talks about things like sometimes he's sober, sometimes he's high, sometimes he's drunk, sometimes he's high and drunk. Either way, it doesn't matter. I understand that he's just running with the ideas in his head at the time. He doesn't sit down and write this stuff out in essay form to make sure everything's coherent and lines up together and stuff like that. And sometimes something can seem like a great idea to you. And other times something else sounds like a great idea. But I mean, he talks so much about it taking the power and control away from these cartels that he forgets about the stories of California where game wardens are getting in gunfights with the cartels because they're going on to national lands in California with massive illegal weed operations. It hasn't done anything to get rid of the illegal trade. And it's not going to. I guess what irritates me the most is 
the whole what in the back door it. Trying to use the people who have issues and who can benefit from something to backdoor the recreational use of it. That's what they did with marijuana, and it's what they're going to do with psychedelics. It's what they're going to do. And it just pisses me off because this is politician games. It's politician games where they talk about the benefits of something and then they backdoor something else into the bill. You know, that's that's exactly what's going on with this crap. Like I said, two people I know, just from my small town. I guarantee you there's more that I don't know. But two people, when they were 18, 19, 20 years old, somewhere in that neighborhood, had a bad trip, and then all of a sudden... They're batshit crazy. And they're on lithium. One of them, he keeps going off his freaking medicine. And he stabbed his sister in the leg and attacked her and all kinds of crazy crap. And he's one of those guys that any day of the week, if he was on his meds, I'd fight him in a heartbeat. You know? He's not a scary dude. But every time he goes off his meds and flips out and the cops have to take him down... It takes a crew of cops to take this guy down because he's got that psychotic freaking strength. He's got the crazy strength flowing through him. I mean, this is the kind of stuff you want you want to be recreational for anybody to be able to do. And guess what? There's you know, it's been illegal and those two guys had their bad trips regardless. You're gonna have that. But it's insane the number of people I know that used to yell and scream at me nonstop because I smoked weed. Nonstop yell and scream at me for smoking weed because it was illegal. And since it's been legalized, the number of those same people that are like, oh, it's legal? Okay, it must not be bad then. I mean, good Lord. It's... It's, it's terrifying. But you can't take a look at what's going on in this country and tell me that people aren't lost. And you can say what you want. My personal belief is it is because people have pushed God out of their life. They have gotten rid of spirituality and they are finding out that the material things on this planet are not fulfilling. They do not give you purpose. They do not guide you. And they're seeking for spirituality through other means now. That's what's going on. But either way, it like I said, it just irritates the absolute hell out of me, them wanting to backdoor it. You know, if you want to do it, be honest about it. Just be straightforward. Quit giving me this hubbub about PTSD and depression and all this other bullshit. Because you don't give two shits about them. You just want to be able to go to the store and buy yourself a bag of shrooms. That's what you want to do. Oh, man. 
And like I said, to me, do it, but there's stipulations on it. I mean, just like I said, you know, you, you, you want to legalize drugs, fine. Legalize them. Leave it up to the individual in their choices. But don't sit there and, and talk to me about universal health care either, because if you're making those choices, then you need to deal with it on your own. You're not getting my help. I mean, people make the choice to drink and get behind the wheel of a car, and nine times out of ten, if there's a wreck, the sober person's the one that dies, not the drunk. And we, and what do we do? We hold them accountable. But now, now we got police armed with Narcam to revive people who OD and stuff like that. I mean, the tax dollars go into this stuff's just asinine to me. Just asinine. And I'm not saying I don't have sympathy for these people that are using drugs. I do. But it doesn't take away from the fact that they are adults. They have made the choice to get into something that they probably shouldn't be getting into. And then everybody else is going to have to come pick up the pieces. And, it, and it's all tied together. First it was weed. Now it's psychedelics. And and once that goes through, they're they're just going to be legalized. It's it's going to be nonstop. If it ain't one thing, it's going to be another. But look at this shit realistically, people. Because like I said, it has nothing to do with helping people who are struggling mentally. Nothing to do with it. It's no different than weed for cancer and AIDS patients. That was the argument back in the day. Nobody gave two shits about them. They just wanted to be able to smoke weed. And it's funny because, you know, the same people that smoke weed nonstop, I mean, I can remember one time I got some Afghani bud, got a half ounce, something the lightest, fluffiest, best smell and taste and stuff I ever had. <laughs> but it's like, well, what are we going to do? It's like, you know what? This is going to rock us no matter what we do. Let's roll a spliff. And there, there was five of us sitting there, maybe six. So we, we'd smoked a joint. My cousin Nick rolled a joint and we smoked it. My dad came down to the basement for something. And he said, what are you smoking down here? And I was like, well, that must be the new tobacco I'm rolling. He's like, well, it smells like you plucked the hairs off a camel's ass and set fire to it. Of course, we're all just cracking up because he didn't know how accurate his statement was. <clears throat> but weed is so skunky now, you know? And people want to talk about how bad cigarettes smell. Well, dude, let me tell you something. Just because you think that there's nothing wrong with your weed doesn't mean it's not offensive to everybody else. I mean, you can't... If I walk into a room with a pack of cigarettes on me, you're not going to freaking smell the cigarettes. But if you walk into the room with weed in your pocket, I'm going to smell that shit. You know, and personally, I'm indifferent to it. 
You know, it's nothing that I like. It's nothing I just, I just don't care. You know, it's, it is what it is. But there's other people that really think it stinks. And I mean, it does stink, but maybe it's my nostalgia from back in the day when I loved getting that skinny bobo and sparking it up that I don't mind it. But I don't know. Like I said, nobody gives two shits about the cancer patients and the benefits they get from weed. They just want to be able to smoke it themselves. And it's the same thing with psychedelics. Nobody gives two shits about the soldiers with PTSD and people with depression that are benefiting from clinical therapy and the use of psychedelics. Nobody cares about that. That's just the excuse to say, it isn't bad. Look at all the good that can come from it. We should have it legal. That's what, that's what it is. People in their fucking double speak. Oh, Lord, it irritates me. Anyways, like I said, uh, subscribe to the podcast, Little MB here, Seeking God with Blind Eyes, and subscribe and share my YouTube channel, These Blind Eyes 6580. Any questions, comments, concerns, hit me up at littlemb6580 at gmail.com. That's L-I-T-T-L-E, M as in Mike, B as in Bravo, 6580 at gmail.com. Until next time, y'all take care.